friends. Thank you for tuning into the Unblocked podcast. I'm excited to talk with you today about mindset, focus, attention, and intention. Our minds are a phenomenally powerful machine. However, an unfocused and unobserved mind can be problematic and even destructive. Brooke Castillo likens an unsupervised mind to an unsupervised toddler with a knife. That's a pretty accurate illustration. I think the brain in neuroscience is quite fascinating. The brain is a sophisticated piece of equipment and we would be wise to review the instruction manual, but often we're sort of walking around with this incredible potential inside of our head and we're just letting it sort of go on autopilot. But when we understand how the brain works, we can better partner and harness the incredible power and that potential that exists between our two ears. So I want to share a fable many of you may have heard, the tale of two wolves. It goes like this. An an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He has anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked the grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So I think this story does a great job of illustrating also how the brain works and the role of neuroplasticity. Now disclaimer, one, I could barely say neuroplasticity, um, but the disclaimer is I am not a neuroscientist. So I'm gonna break this down in layman's terms and based on my non-neuroscientist understanding of these neurological concepts. We've all heard the phrase, where attention goes, energy flows. And while it might might not sound as catchy, there should be an addendum that points out where attention goes, neuropathways develop. But anyway, the point is, the more we think a thought and reinforce a stimuli to thought to response pathway, we develop a neurohighway. Did you catch that? So the more that we think a thought, the more that there is an event and we condition condition our brain to think this event happens, this thought happens, this feeling comes, we're developing sort of a neuro super highway in our minds. So think of a dirt path or a dirt racetrack. If we drive that same route every single day, multiple times a day, the tire tracks are well implanted. The grooves are well established, so it's easy for us to naturally follow that path. It's great from an efficiency standpoint, but what if that path isn't getting you to the desired destination? What if we've been feeding the wolf that doesn't serve us? The good news, the great news, is that a new path can be created, right? A new dirt path can be developed and new neural pathways can be developed. So this is super exciting news, right? If you've lived 20, 30, 70 years, and in all those years, A leads to B, your brain still has the capacity to be rewired so that A leads to C or D or Q. You can tell your brain what to do. How exciting is that? 
And it's important to remember that even baby steps and subtle adjustments will help you get where you want to go. Recently, my husband was traveling for business and um, he he reached out and let me know that he had arrived safely. And, and so I asked him how the hotel was. It was this first time being at this particular hotel. And his response was, ah, lessons learned. I won't be staying here again. It says it's non-smoking, but the smell it smells like smoke in my room. Um, and so then I asked, well, what do you like about the hotel or the city from what you've seen so far? And he's like, oh, it's close to several restaurants and fun shops. The parking's free. The rate is good. And so that was subtle. But do you hear the difference? Now, the, the fact still remains. The room smells like smoke. He likely won't stay there again. But if the mindset and, his, and attention had stayed on all the things that were wrong, then he might run the risk of missing out on the opportunities for enjoying and or learning from the experience that's happening. So if our dirt path is to focus on the negative, if we are feeding the wolf of self-pity, of anger, frustration, negativity, then that's where our brain will default to in all situations, right? If that's the well-established path is to look for what's wrong, even if it's a fantastic situation and there are many opportunities, our brain is trained to focus on what's not going well. The skepticism will come out. But subtle redirection and gear shifts can venture us down a new path that gets us where we want to be and feeling how we want to feel. And to be sure, initially it will feel super uncomfortable and it will feel like hard work. So imagine the effort that's required to get a car over the first hump of a deeply grooved tire track, right? There's an initial exertion. It takes the car more energy and effort to get over that. And there's, it's bumpy. You feel the change. But once you're over the hump, it gets easier. And then the more you do it, even more easier it gets. And eventually the brain is conditioned into a habitual neuropathway that serves you and gets you to the desired destination or outcome you seek. The brain can be a partner and a tool rather than a block to your success and highest potential. But we cannot overlook the biological pull to homeostasis. It feels more comfortable to settle into those well-known tire tracks, even if we are experiencing negative consequences of it. Even if it's creating negative feelings and problems at home or at work or in our relationships or to our health. I was recently walking with a girlfriend who was relaying some struggles she was having in making changes to her life to improve her physical health. And when I asked her what was stopping her from making these changes she was talking about, she said, I don't want to be miserable. Doing all of those things would feel awful. It would be awful. It would be no fun. And so I asked her to describe what she's currently doing and how that's making her feel. And she got to the place of like, well, lazy and hopeless and I feel like a failure. So I said, so kind of miserable? <laughs> and she's like, ah, you know, point made. But here's the thing. We'd rather be miserable doing the things that don't get us to our goal versus being what we perceive would be miserable doing the things that will get us closer to our goal. And so when I was, you know, processing with her, her response was, well, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And how true is that, right? How many of you experience this, this pattern in your life where we'd rather stay in the hell of our own making versus stepping into the discomfort of the unknown? Even if that unknown holds the potential of something so much better. Don't we all do this in some way, in some area of our lives? We sit in our own dirty diaper. It stinks. It doesn't feel good, but it's familiar 
and it's ours. So it can seem so much easier to feed that first wolf. It feels easier to complain, procrastinate, dismiss, ignore, give up, quit, let go of these big dreams that we have. Because little effort is required when we're maintaining what already exists, right? When we're trying to maintain those thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are already in place, that feels easier. That feels like less effort. That feels less uncomfortable. Again, thinking back to the dirt path, it's easy. It's easier to stay in an already established route. Feeding the second wolf can seem more challenging. It takes more energy to learn something new, develop a new behavior, habit, routine, to think differently about yourself or the world. It takes much more energy, effort, momentum, bravery to venture out of the familiar. And you don't always see and feel immediate results from them. However, your brain will catch on and it will get easier over time. So I think it's important to start with small test steps, right? Small achievable steps that we can then celebrate along the way. So two simple steps. One is become aware. What are the thoughts that aren't serving me? When do I fall into the habitual pattern? So that's all. All the initial step is all you're asking yourself is to create some awareness. Catch on to your BS, right? Catch on to these things that you think that you're like, I don't even, some part of me doesn't even believe this, but it's the habitual thought that comes up. And then these are the, the patterns of behavior that I fall into. And I'm just going to become aware of when is it not serving me? I don't even have to do anything about it. I just become aware of it. And then the next step could be practice thought shifting, right? Like, so I become aware of these thoughts. If my habitual thought is a new project comes or a new assignment comes of my way and my initial thought is one of self-doubt, like I can't do this, I can't do this, right? Well, if I'm catching on to this and I notice, wow, anytime something new is presented to me, my instinctual response is I can't do this then practicing the thought shifting would be, um, well, that sounds scary and I've never done that before, but there, I, I've had things happen in the past that I had done for the first time and, it, and, and, I, and I didn't die, right? Like I, I, I accomplished it. I, I at least gave it an effort, right? You want to make sure that that first practicing a thought shift, you want it to feel true, right? If I was like, if somebody said, hey, go run a marathon tomorrow and my thought was like, oh Lord, I cannot do that. If my, if my thought shifting was, yes, I can. Tomorrow is Sunday and I'm going to go out and run a marathon. I wouldn't believe that. I would call myself out that like that's not true. So we want to take another, a, a very small step and one initial thought that, that at least feels true, right? Even if you don't believe it, sometimes it might even be, I want to want to think this, right? Or I want to want to believe this, or I want to want this. Um, so let's use the example of my girlfriend above. She was developing awareness of a pattern of numbing out to avoid feeling her feels. She, she was becoming aware of how that was showing up at home, at work, and in various places in her world that she was numbing out to avoid feeling whatever was coming up for her. And she had the belief that taking action that might result in positive changes would be miserable. So what alternate, alternative thoughts might be helpful in this situation? So perhaps she might replace, you know, this is going to be miserable. Perhaps she might think, you know, feelings are uncomfortable, but they're temporary. Like that feels true, right? That's not saying, that's not going from 
well, this is miserable too. Like, this is going to feel fantastic. I'm going to feel so much better. No, you might not believe that in the moment, right? So just a one next step might be feelings are uncomfortable, but they're temporary. Or maybe she'd think, I've felt very, or I've felt every feeling I've ever had up to this point. And again, I, I didn't die, right? Like so far, I haven't died one time, right? I felt every feeling that's come up to this point and I, and I managed, right? Or allowing my feelings to show up and flow through my body has less consequences than resisting my feelings. Or improving my health is worth temporary discomfort. Or maybe a very simple, I can do hard things. Then rinse, repeat, right? So become aware and then practice a thought shift. Something that feels at least a little bit true in the morning. Or not in the morning. <laughs> a little bit true in the moment. Maybe in the morning too. So choosing which wolf to feed will define who you are and the quality of experiences you have. Feeding the second wolf and fostering bravery, truth, love, hope, sincerity. That is how we end up feeling a sense of accomplishment and living a life far beyond what we can even imagine when we're stuck in the patterns of fear, ego, envy, greed, self-pity, all of those things associated with the first wolf. And again, the world needs us to show up in our path, right? So when we are blocking ourselves out of fear, we're not doing, we are doing a disservice to ourselves. We are doing a disservice to the people around us. We are doing a disservice to the community and the world. And isn't it worth just a, a few moments of discomfort, a few moments of like sitting through the fear and that discomfort of stepping out of the known and into the unknown? It's just a moment. It's just a small, it's a small space, right, from zero to one. And that is, can be all the difference. That can be all the difference from being that first wolf of fear and living in a small contained life that is not serving us or anyone around us, but just feels um, comfortable because we're used to it. But taking that one next step can mean all the difference, right? Living your big life, living out loud, living in a way that feels consistent and in alignment with what you're here to do. So think on that this week. Which wolf are you feeding? The one that serves you and living the biggest, boldest, most fulfilling life you want? Or the one that has you stuck in a self-defeat cycle? Or feelings of negativity? Or what about even feelings of apathy, right? I remember at one point in my life, maybe not apathy, but I remember feeling like I'm living my life in black and white, right? Like you've, if you watch Wizard of Oz, there's that moment when the film goes from black and white to color. Like that's what this could be. Right. If you feel like you're living a half-lived life, if you feel like your life is in black and white, then you know, I'm feeding that first wolf, right? So am I going to step into color and spend some time creating awareness around the habitual thoughts that um, are not serving you and identify what new alternative thoughts could help you just take that shift into the space that can get you where you want to go. We always have the chance to choose again in every moment. Right? I can see peace instead of this, and in every moment, I can choose again. And in fact, our brains are built for reconstruction. We were made for this. We were quite literally, physiologically, we were made to continue to choose again. We were made to continue to rewire our neural pathways 
to serve us in a way that helps us show up into the world and our greatness. You can do this. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.